morning, everybody. It's Friday the 13th, 2020. I'm Charlie Fink, and I'm joined by my friends Amy Kedrick and Ted Shilowitz, a futurist at Paramount Pictures. Our friend Amy, uh, who is on the East Coast, is the CEO of an innovative company called Cleanbox, which has made an interesting and profitable pivot in these dark days. Another tech company that has benefited from the changes in lifestyle that we've all experienced. Yeah. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. It's nice to see you and Ted. It's good to, good to be here. And yes, we have, uh, well, benefited. We were here before COVID, uh, but COVID has certainly made what we do um, matter even more. So we right. provide premium UVC um, decontamination, surface decontamination. And uh, all of our engineering extra overlap in lights to, to prevent shadows from um, you know, incomplete hygiene. And so our products have been, all, we, previous to COVID, we were already probably in, in, I don't know, 15, 20 countries. And now we're, we're probably double that. So if, if I might interject just for people listening, um, you know, uh, to the podcast without visuals, mm-hmm. uh, although we don't have a clean box to show anyway, uh, a clean box is like what, it's like 14 by 14. It's a glass box. It looks very sleek and futuristic, and they were using them in V-arcades mm-hmm. um, and at other public places where people had to share headsets. Well, so, that's where, uh, yeah. you know, usually they, they, they very conspicuously spray it down and wipe it, but this was a much more elegant way and effective way to do it. And of course now, uh, Cleanbox can clean anything you wear. Yeah, that, that's your, you're describing our CX-1, which is three come out and really we focus on you know how can you make sure that everything that you put on your face or head is completely and equally decontaminated so that there's no risk of you know transferring we weren't thinking COVID we were thinking more like pink eye or (laughs) norovirus or you know any other random uh, fungi that you could transfer from you know eyes nose mouth and so yeah that's what our you know first product CX1 one headset lightweight one minute you know 99.999 percent and then we branched out and, and um, when COVID hit, um, we started decontaminating masks to address PPE shortage. So, you know, we were able to test in a BL3 lab against COVID and we, they inoculated all the layers of an N95 mask and then, you know, completely eradicated the virus. So that was really great news for us. And so kept- interesting for a tech company, you've actually got a physical product. We do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes so, so how is scaling t- demand um, in this working remotely? Well, we always worked remotely. So I guess that was to our advantage because we always had, you know, hired people from around the world to do the jobs that they were good at. Um, but our hardware um, is, is completely made in the U.S., which helped us during COVID because we didn't have the same supply chain disruption. So we're, we're currently manufactured or, or assembled and fulfilled from California. We do other manufacturing around the U.S. and different states. Um, and that's really allowed us to scale up quickly. You know, we work with, we actually moved from one manufacturing company to another that could uh, basically, you know, do this for us. And we, you know, planned six months out before COVID. So we were already kind of in transition um, when it came to that. And then we've just added more products to our product line. So we've continued to grow and that the manufacturing company likes us a lot because we've, we've um, provided a lot of jobs during COVID, you know, from our own company, as well as our, our suppliers and the manufacturers. So, uh, so Amy, if you if you have uh, pictures on your desktop and you want to screen share to show what box 
looks like. I'm sure they'd be interested, Charlie. I actually, let me see if Amy could. This is a Zoom moment for those watching. We have to share. This is good. I don't know if I can. Yeah, you can make her a co-host. I don't, doesn't give me the option of sharing host. If I make you the host, then the recording will stop. Okay. Well, this is one of the drawbacks of Zoom, I'm sorry to say. Yes. Okay. You can go online and just search for clean box and you'll find them. It's very Congratulations on, on the, your success though. You guys have been at it for a few years. You're very visible. Everybody knows you. It was my first call from Chapman. <laughs> when this stuff started happening, I was like, how soon can I get my hands on one of those things? <laughs> I, think so, I think it's great. So I, and I don't will. think I was the only one to make that call. So, I think it's, I think it's so we great were, that you dropped into the, uh, looking at you know the, the the covid safety world and helping first world testing with and testing with various ppe because you know your technology is hyper relevant right now yeah. well beyond well beyond this world you know it, it like to be able to to understand how to sanitize things and reuse them so they don't have to keep throwing away these these masks over and over again if you can sanitize them uh, yeah. Effectively, that's an amazing thing. So you know, good on you, and and good on your on your company. It's great. Well, we knew we had a tech that worked, but we also had clients that were asking and using it in that way. And then, of course, it's personal too, because I mean, we've all had friends that have. I have several friends that have gotten extremely sick from COVID, um, and you know, friends that were first responders working in the hospitals that had to reuse masks. So for us, it was it. We just, and that's the great thing about being a small company and remote, primarily remote, is that we were very agile. So we just, so I can just I, what we're going to do, and then we did it. <laughs> can I ask you a strange question? This may be a little strange. Okay. Um, could you, in the world we're living in now, could you take, you know, your box, which is like this big, and make it like the size of a phone booth so that inside, like the front of a mall, the front of a grocery store, the, basically any kind of event, people have to get sanitized. Would it even benefit to like walk into that thing for 30 seconds and then go into the venue or am I completely like no that's no that's a great idea but I think with UVC light there are a lot of other factors to think about whether that would be effective or not because yeah. you know it's a line of sight it's a short wavelength so the proximity to the surface is really important um, you'd have to have your eyes closed although your you know your skin would block the UVC from getting into your body so it's yeah. not so you'd have to wear a face mask. You'd have to wear a face mask, and, and you'd probably have to stay in longer for, than 30 seconds, and it would be expensive. <laughs> but um, kind of like a tanning booth, right? Like you'd go inside a tanning booth. Well, never mind. That, that, consider it idiotic, but at least <laughs> my brain is like, I wonder if you could make a clean box bigger. You know, nope. just sanitize nope. me. <laughs> well, we actually have taken that and we are working on ways to um, kind of not do that exact idea, but, you know, basically scale up physically what that could look like um, through mm. using other technologies as well that are, that are um, using UVC. But our, our latest product that we're just, um, that starts to ship actually in, I think, three weeks, um, uses it's a um, it's a circular drum and it has a uh, rotating quartz plate on the bottom so that there are lights on the bottom and the top there's over 30 lights um, and then quartz is one of the few materials that UVC can penetrate at the right um, the right width um, the right dimension so so we have that um, and then we have reflective materials on that so literally it's kind of like throw it in a box and and literally anything 
no matter what the size or shape or materials or, you know, surface looks like, it will really decontaminate. The thing we're doing since we're talking about clean box is we're um, we're one thing I think that's that's critical and it goes back to like the future of like the world I suppose when you're thinking about hygiene is you know how do you actually know that something's been cleaned right. you know I know I, I was in a recording studio yesterday um, a voiceover um, doing some product stuff and you know I'm looking at my the microphone and and the the earphones that I've got to put on and. You, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a risk and they say they cleaned it, but how do you actually know that? And <laughs> maybe they cleaned it yesterday, but there've been 10 visitors today. So um, we, we're introducing um, uh, basically hygiene tracking of any object, um, RFID tagging, any number of objects. Um, uh, so you can basically say, hey, this microphone was cleaned after the last person and it was cleaned again and, you know, that worked and everything. So thank you. Yeah, that reminds me of like all those CSI episodes where they go into the really scary motel rooms with the black light. You're like, oh yeah, what was going on here? But serious note, it's something I've thought about a lot for the last eight months is because the virus is aerosol, because the virus is floating in the air and that's how millions of people are transacting it and moving it around. Yeah. Of course, the idea of wearing masks, you know, I've got mine for my morning walk this morning, is, is a good idea. But wow, would it be great to be able to see the footprint, to see, you know, like we're walking in this like jungly park in Florida this morning and I'm like, we're walking, we're far away enough from people, but we still put our masks on. But trust me, I'm in Florida. We're the only, you know, we're the Californians. We're the only ones wearing face coverings, right? And yeah. I'm like, hmm, sure it would be nice to know. Like if I could see that person's footprint and know, yeah. uh yeah, you gotta like stay not wearing just, your augmented reality glasses, all of a sudden they start glowing red. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's you know, it's interesting because that's you know, within the idea of what the Google and Apple were trying to do with the phones is allow your phone to be a contact tracing, which as as I'm, you know, an advocate of privacy, I was all for this. I thought it was a good idea, and if people would opt in on it, um, you would allow people to use this device to keep the world safe and hopefully it continues its mission, you know? Yeah, I think there are, it would be great to see that. And I think that's the challenging thing about, you know, science in general, right? Half of the, half of the principles are based on something that you can't see with your naked eye. And so you have to make smart choices, which, which, you know, the COVID cases kind of show that not everybody is <laughs> right okay. now. So let's, yeah. let's jump into this week's tech news. Um, which there wasn't a lot of, but let's start with the most fun story before we start shedding listeners, which uh, of course is Four Seasons Total Landscaping, the VR chat environment. Yeah, yeah. So immortalized forever, you too can see the st stand on the same stage as Rudy Giuliani delivering what was universally accepted as the most pathetic concession speech. Oh, ever, yeah. even though the topic was election fraud. And it was the biggest deflated balloon of an insane event at a totally wrong place. You know, some stupid intern, because that's who you're getting, you know, <laughs> somehow <laughs> called. Now, okay, and I can know you're going fast and you're multitasking, so he called the wrong place. That's funny that that happened. What's funnier is that he said, hey, we need to have an event there for the Trump campaign. And they said, yeah, and sure. Great. Look, 
Well, Charlie, my meme of the week, which I, my meme of the week, which I sent to you, which I thought was hysterical and got shared bajillion times, was Giuliani at the Ritz, and it was basically <laughs> this like stand up of the Ritz crackers at a Walmart. It took Rudy the Four Seasons landscaping and stuck him in front of the Ritz, at, which was the Walmart uh, kiosk, and I was like, there it is. That's just genius. Oh, yeah. my God. No, you, you could, I mean, the thing about this whole story is we could not have made this up. Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> it was, yeah. And it still continues, right? Oh, yeah. it, it the, the, the bizarreness right. of the world that we live in is... So as, as one of my students said at the top of the class on Tuesday, can we please not talk about politics? <laughs> <laughs> so I started... We had, we had to talk about that because that was actually a, a moment of, you know, that could make us all laugh a little bit, <laughs> yeah. right? It was a moment of comic relief, but I love that it was remade in VR chat and then yeah. people started taking screenshots and, it, you know, VR chat is all about avatars. So, you know, there's Marvin the Martian standing next to, you know, a giant cat and they're standing on the stage. It's so surreal. Uh, it's funny in the video that Brandon sent, um, he's showing who may talk about it and he's giddy with excitement, right. but it took him six hours to make that sure. in unity. And so, uh, you know, it's not quite so, and he must've had mad skills to do it in six hours because it's, it's quite elaborate, uh, you know. And but five years ago, it would have taken him six days to make know, it. That's that, the amazing yeah. progress of this software is you get it in unity, it's all object-based coding, you grab objects, you build it, you make it, and boom, a half a day later, you've got this environment that people yeah. could go in and play in. And yeah. five years ago, that couldn't have happened, right? Yeah. So, so um, acquisitions this week, Hopin, yeah. the conferencing platform, pulled in an astounding $125 million series. Uh, what do you make of that, Ted? I think this is a really interesting trend. I think this is something, Charlie, you and I have been tracking pre-COVID, the virtualization of society needs, right? And the idea that today we still live in our little four-corner rectangle world, but the technology pipes and the technology clients, we're using Zoom today, but we could easily have done this on Skype or FaceTime or Microsoft Teams or WebEx or Boo Boo, I could keep going, right? They all effectively do the same thing. Um, and you're where you are in California. I'm remote in Florida. Amy's in New York. And we're all together. And the only challenge with this is this only scales so much. Like we do a big studio staff meeting every week. And we've got about 40-ish people on the little grid. And that's about it. Like you get a little like, it's a little nuts, right? So beyond that, you need a different kind of client. And there's a few clients that have popped up to sort of be like, what if we do it this way? The one I'm also interested in which is still way earlier than even Hoppin is this thing called Tio, which is um, like a virtual avatar gathering experience that I think is really interesting. But Hoppin is sort of crack code, right? And they're getting conferences that cannot scale with normal video chat clients to come their way. And it's great, you know? Amy, have you been to any of these virtual conferences? You and I used to run into each other in the real all the time at, you know, CES and, you know, some of the VR shows. So um, have you, gone to any or experienced any of these virtual conferences? What's what's yeah. your feeling about it? And do you know Hopin specifically? Yeah, I've, I've, I've attended events in Hopin uh, a couple of times. Well, the VR, uh, VRAR uh, Association 
you know, had events there and I found it, um, I liked it overall. I feel like <clears throat> there are things that, you know, could be a little bit more user friendly and, and so on, but I found it pretty effective. I actually had um, a presentation once in, in that platform <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> I couldn't present my, I couldn't share my screen since we talked about sharing screens before. And I found, so I basically had to, you know, speak for 30 minutes, just kind of from my own deck without anybody seeing it. Um, yeah. So there were little challenges like that, you know, yeah, was having a break or something. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that that, yeah. that conference in particular, which is usually a pretty good conference, yeah, um, I couldn't tell if it was their organization and the fact they were doing it for the first time, and they were one of the first ones back in May or June, and uh, so I couldn't figure out if it was them or it was Hop In or quite what was going on there. Although I have since done a couple things in Hop In that were. Um, much simpler and, and worked better as a result. Yeah. Um, so, so we're having so much fun talking with you, Amy. We're not getting through the news very quickly. <laughs> but uh, let, let me throw one at you. Um, Snap acquires Voca AI. It's undisclosed private transaction, um, somewhere between 70 and $140 million. Uh, and Voca is uh, an Israeli company that does those incredibly annoying uh, voice <laughs> menus when you're calling like your healthcare provider. Yes, choose and, and to human no matter what. <laughs> what does Snap want with that company? <laughs> I, you know, I have to say that one of the most frustrating things in life is is being on the phone and being like, speak to someone and you're trying to get past <laughs> the automated responses. I want to talk to a person. Um, you know, you'd have to work really, really hard to convince me that automated voice is actually a real person. I'm going to ask all the tricky questions. I'm not going to be easy. <laughs> I know that that's not going to be a person. Ted, Ted, how is this, how is this going to work with Snap strategic? Business? Well, see, I have an interesting instinct about this because the whole, like, as we look even broader than Snap, we can use Snap as an example. The whole idea of natural language processing as it reflects toward the computer interface of the future, right? Mm -hmm. Again, when we move past the little brick, the little chocolate bar, right. by the way, this is the 5G chocolate bar, which when I get back to California, maybe I'll have some 5G. I don't have it here. I barely have 2G. I think my question was, should I have FOMO? No, not yet. First of all, I mean, it's the same phone as the 11, and it's heavier and thicker. Um, and I've yet to see the 5G thing click up. I have to go to Miami while I'm in Florida to turn it on here, which I might actually be doing, but uh, I'll let you know how it, how it does. We could do a, we could do a 5G, when I'm, certainly when I'm home, we'll do a 5G version of this from the Tesla and we'll see how we do. Uh, if it's as good as, you know, 5G Wi-Fi from the home thing like this, this quality. But as it relates to the natural language processing and why um, this Israeli company would get snapped up, right, by Snap. Um, when you start to look at an interface where it just makes more sense to be able to talk back and forth to your computer rather than type to your computer, that's the wearable computer. And Snap already has aspirations. They haven't obviously accomplished the goal, but they're definitely showing a wearable device, right? That's camera, give it time between Apple, Microsoft, Google, Amazon, Snap, and a few others, they're all gonna have some sort of compute that is going to be the next generation of the next version of the headless computer, right? The Alexa has become 
the ubiquitous headless computer, and it relies on natural language processing. So every large company needs a natural language processing system to be able to dive into the future of compute. Because mm -hmm. like, while it'll be interesting to conceptualize typing in air while you're wearing these, these Apple AR glasses or Google AR glasses, that's not gonna be an everyday occurrence. What you're really gonna do is do what like we do all the time, which is talk to SIRI, I won't say her name because she'll come up, um, or, you know, just generally like yeah. I do voice texting all the time. Okay. I'm well, very well, rarely- Typing an interface into uh, uh, wearable technology is a rabbit hole. So let's not go down there. Uh, so you know that that's coming. So that's- yeah. I think that I think that information makes sense, and that's kind of what I intuited. But the way the company was described, yeah, uh, you know, made me uh, uh, question whether I was uh, on the right track. So, uh, last one, last one is Oculus Venues, which has really been pushing the envelope in in what you can look at in a shared space, oh, it's exclusive to the Quest. Um, they have announced that they're going to start doing sports, starting with boxing. Uh, and what I think is interesting about this is it's the first time, you know, there's a system, you, you know, for watching sports in VR, there are 360 cameras, you get to switch between them. Usually there's pretty good um, color commentators, so you don't miss that part of the experience. And it's fun, but it's not like watching a game with your friends. It's a solitary experience. Yeah. So what Venues is doing, and, and again, friend matching in Venues, not its strong suit. But um, you are sitting in a, in a group of, of, I don't know, 25, 50 people watching us event together. Yeah. And that changes the sports event. That's something that, you know, they, it's kind of been downplayed in a weird news week. But it was one of the stories that really jumped out at me yeah. because it was an obvious idea that no one has done. Yeah. Well, the, the way I look at this is, is number one, because of the the scale of this, and I think you mentioned this in some of your tweets and some of your, uh, your, your postings, that even with limiting the amount you could buy, this is completely sold out, like, and sold out for the foreseeable future, right? They did not anticipate the success in pandemic times of people wanting to use this as an escape. They're still advertising, like I saw it in the NFL game last night, like, why are you advertising? You don't have any to sell. I guess maybe they'll have a second. Well, I mean, that's what they did last year, right? They spent $100 million to sell uh, a million units. Right, right. Because they just couldn't meet the demand. So, right. and again, you know, Facebook is not a company that you think, oh, well, they didn't want to be inventory rich. No. What is Facebook about it? Yeah. You know, listen, if you spend $100 million on advertising, you don't have inventory. Right. Exactly. So, so when you look at this sporting thing, like it, it, the way I look at it is, and good, again, good on them for having the resources to do this. They just keep casting their line in the water and they keep trying it. And eventually they'll hit. There was a period of time where they were trying it with basketball, right? With the next VR guys, which ultimately got um, acquired by Apple. And they had some national ads with, I think, Seth, um, Seth, uh, I'm just blanking on his name, um, the, the comedy actor and, and maybe Jonah Hill. And they were like showing how it worked, right? Mm -hmm. and, and they were national ads. And we did it and it was like, yeah, it kind of works, but it's not actually really any much better than watching it on TV. So yeah. it didn't really work, right? They keep trying yeah. and sooner or later, and now they've got some interesting scale with Quest and Quest 2. And they're getting to the day where they're experimenting with these small volume devices for the day when the reality is a fairly ubiquitous device like the smartphone and they need to be prepared for this. It's just like, 
you know, it took 20 years to get video chat this good. They're going to keep experimenting with virtualized events until they get their first hit event that everybody goes to, which is like the Travis Scott thing in Fortnite and then the little Nas thing that's happening in Roblox this week. There's I know I was going to bring that up. That is the continued virtualization of the music industry. Yeah. No doubt. Um, so that's, that's about it for this week. That was the 25 minute alarm, which says, stop blabbing you guys. <laughs> that was Amy, a thanks for joining us. I miss seeing you in the real. Likewise. It's great to see you, Charlie, and you too, Ted. Thanks for having me. Of course. All right, everybody, we will see you next Friday for more tech news and fun chat with friends this week in XR. Um, thank you very much. Follow us on Twitter. Bye-bye. Bye. All righty. <laughs> this is great. Do you have one of these? Do you have one yet? Me? It's yes. It's, it's so good in so many ways. <laughs> you can see the undulation of the green and the grass uh, in ProPut. Yeah. Wow. And just know that it's just going to get better from here. You know, it's like. That's good. Kind of yeah, and, uh, more. and it makes a big, big difference in tilt brush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One thing I would love to see more. Well, I, are you guys Mac users at all? Oh, yeah. Fully Mac. Okay. I'm a complete Apple head. Fully Mac? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I have that, that mix in our company where David uh, refuses to use anything that's, he refuses to use a Mac and all of everything I do is on my MacBook Air. But and so I didn't mention in the thing you're wearing the, the classic VRLA hoodie. Oh, wait. Back from, yeah. Oh, and yeah, the South by Southwest. Oh my God. 26, 2017 shirt. So this 28 VR. 27 South by love Southwest. It. Love it, I'm, love it. <clears throat> I'm looking forward to them wearing out. That'll mean we've really gone someplace. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Anyway, so uh, yeah, a couple more weeks in Florida and then I'll be back in California, Charlie, so we'll go and play golf. All right. Sounds good, you guys. Go we'll golf. All right. Enjoy your day. Bye. 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 Bye.